Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your time. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me. Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Finally, finally, episode 109. Bradford Show. I apologize to everyone out there who is subscribing, who is wait, was waiting for this thing to drop. We had two episodes, which we actually executed. One in London with Jason Mastronato, another in my backyard, which was excellent. A whole hour of gold, but for, because of technical difficulties, we're not able to publish either one of them, but it doesn't matter. We're moving forward, and we got a pretty good one today. Obviously, Eduardo Nunez, that was the big news to come out of Monday, the day that we're doing this right now. So we turn to two people who know Eduardo Nunez as good as anybody. Turn to Chad Jennings of, of The Athletic, who covered Eduardo going back to his days in the Yankees and throughout his day at all of his games with Red Sox. And Mitch Moreland swung on by and told us a lot of good things about Eduardo Nunez, but most importantly, what his nickname is and what he actually puts on his Starbucks cup. I would be remiss if I did not mention, of course... That we are brought to you by our good friends at Lord Hobo Brewing. Boom Sauce, a lot going on with them. Check their tap room out in Woburn. And also, please, please, please subscribe to this baby on iTunes, wherever podcasts are run. Do it. Leave a review. We've been trying really, really hard over the last couple months. We weren't really trying that hard before that. Uh, just as I said before, we want to make sure that we were in position to have all kinds of momentum heading into the second half of the season. And I think that's exactly what we did here. So we feel good about where we're at with the Bradford Show. So subscribe, join on in, join the party. It's been a blast. Mookie Betts, Stephen Wright, Brian Bannister. Uh, who else did we have? We had somebody else. There was notable Mike Napoli. And now episode 109. We're pouring one out for Eduardo Nunez. Here you go. All right, special emergency, Brad Show, episode 109. 
Eduardo Nunez has been designated for assignment. And as soon as I saw the news of this happen, I immediately threw out my concern to the guy who has been following Eduardo Nunez's career, who has already uh, struck a book deal with Eduardo Nunez. <laughs> I just, I'm just assuming that. I don't know right. that for, for a fact. Uh, Chad, Jennings, uh, Chad Jennings of The Athletic, who, how long have you been covering Nunez? Because you came from the Yankees world. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, more than 10 years, I think I've known him. Who? Yeah. And did you hit it off right away? No, I mean, not really. Not any, like, <laughs> special... <laughs> Like, I don't know. We weren't we weren't going out for drinks on the road or anything, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we got to know one another obviously over the time in New York, and uh, and then obviously when he was traded here, you know, I think he, I think a lot of times you, you've probably found this too. There are guys who you cover who, yeah, you, know, you have a good relationship with, but it's not a, you know, yeah, you're not so going like, out for drinks on the right, road, right, right, right. But when they, if they if they go away and that you you end up seeing them in a different setting, like in this situation, yeah. he just gets traded over. I mean, these guys are looking for any sort of familiar oh, yeah. face, and all of a sudden, I'm the guy who he knows. And so, we, <laughs> then we started just like you know, yeah, talking a lot uh, in the clubhouse pregame and things like that. So we we we've known one another and are, are uh, have been friendly well, for a long. time. Well, the weird thing is when you covered him with the Yankees, I mean, he was the guy behind Jeter and learning from Jeter and blah blah blah. And then he gets here in a different circumstance and a really really good acquisition. And we're going to get into some of the things he did because he deserves that on this day, day of mourning. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know if, he, was he the same guy when you started covering him, when you came, he came here? I didn't know him at all. Mm-hmm. He comes here, he gets dropped in his clubhouse. Do you know him from New York? Was he the same sort of guy and the same sort of player? Well, I think the confidence was different when he came here this time. You know, was he coming up? I mean, I do think that he, it, it wore on him a little bit. He, he speaks very, very highly of Derek Jeter, Robinson Cano, Alex Rodriguez, the three guys who were in front of him and, and blocking his playing time, really, mm. but who also really reached out to him a lot and, and helped sort of mold him into a Major League Baseball player. But there was certainly frustration there. I mean, you know, that's those three being the infielders doesn't leave a lot of playing time. And then he, you know, it was kind of jerked around a little bit where it was never clear what he was going to be. It was like sometimes he was – Sort of just sort of seemed like he's going to be a shortstop, and he's as Derek was getting older, he's sort of the the backup option there. Mm-hmm. And you'd see him go play in winter ball, and he'd play shortstop, and you could tell, okay, he's preparing to be the back the the guy who's going to play when Derek can't play every day anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he'd come into the season, and all of a sudden they're asking him to play second, third, left field. It was just sort of a so so. I think that was he didn't have the uh, it wasn't as easy and as comfortable as when he get well here. when he gets here. I don't want to say he's a savior, but he's like. He's a, a pretty significant yeah. acquisition, which they're counting on, and he delivers right out of the gate. And so he's probably feeling a whole lot better about himself than he when he's treading water, you know, going yeah. trying to, to make hay with Cano and Jeter and the rest of those. Completely, guys. yeah. He came, you know, he he got traded over to Minnesota at the end of a weird spring when they wound up keeping like Don Hervis Solarte over him before Solarte had ever played in the big leagues. A guy named Dean Anna got the utility oh, yeah. job over. Who could forget? Was, you know, Anna. it was it, so it was. You know, I, I would imagine that was a, a perhaps not a hit to his confidence, but certainly frustration there. And then he ends up getting traded to Minnesota and and became. I mean, he was an all star there. Then you know, had a nice little run with San Francisco, right. and uh, and so yeah, when he got traded here, I think that he he was looked at as a guy who's going to help. It wasn't like, hey, you're going to carry the team and you're going to make. No, play. but he was. But they needed help. He, they needed offense, and he was. And he delivered what that first that month. He was really. He, good. he was instant offense. Oh man! And yeah. it, you know, this is a thing that I think that. 
a lot of it we forget and again this is time to reflect he's he's not dead (laughs) i understand but this is time to reflect because you know i think a lot of people were sort of screaming and yelling over the last month few months Mm -hmm. of like what's going on he's not really delivering it's not really serving that much of a purpose and and but you go back to when he was acquired and he was instant the only way i can put it he was instant offense right on a team that needed instant offense well yeah i mean they went into the because he, he was the leadoff hitter, right? The first game of the playoffs that year. Right when well, he was coming off the injury, right? And then yeah. that's when he went down yes. first at bat. Well, that was the thing. And, you know, Cora said this, is that when he was with Houston and they were doing the scouting reports, they said we had two scouting reports, you know, one with a team with Eduardo Nunez right. and one without. And yeah. and that's why they were rushing him back because they knew how what a difference maker that he was. Right. And, and I think, too, we look back at, you know, sort of at the time that, that Nunez came in and then this whole time that he's been here, it's really been a, an issue of two different knee injuries, right? It, it's a Nunez knee injury and Pedroia's knee injury that yeah. both both wound up affecting things, I think, more than a lot of people expected. Oh. You know, I mean, Nunez, it's, it seemed like when he came back for, that, for the playoffs there, I mean, it seemed like, okay, this was a relatively small thing. He's going to be ready to go here. And then it just well, as we found out later, right. it was like, and he said this. I mean, he's he was very honest, I guess, oh, yeah, with yeah. it, uh-huh. which he wasn't. As I used to give him shit all the time, I'm like, you were not honest. <laughs> and he was just, you know, he, it was funny because I liked him, yeah. you know, I, much like yourself. He was a good guy. Like we deal with these guys on a personal level, but he was a good guy to deal with because mm-hmm. he was always friendly. He always gave you time. He always like you know when he's like okay I lied and he was smiling but he wasn't like I lied and I was well, lying his, his maliciously. Lies, his lies were always I'm fine. Yeah. His lies were always like nope it feels good now I'm ready to go and and some of that is also what he probably learned from playing with Derek Jeter who yeah. would always say I'm fine yeah. and then literally his ankle snapped in half on a on a play in the playoffs you know it, it's it's a similar school there of just you don't yeah you don't I, tell I, you don't admit that you're until, hurt until after the fact right and then afterward and after he, you crumple to the ground right. in your first but no his, his knee that that became a problem and it and it was clearly bothering him bulk of last season i mean he wasn't oh it was first of all as we're talking about interviewing eduardo nunez i was just thinking about going through my head the, the, what is the phrase that he always says? Like he, you know, everyone has these verbal crutches, and and I remember we he was on the podcast one time, right when he joined the Red Sox, and and I complimented him. He had learned English; his English was getting better and better and better. Never, to my knowledge, used a translator here mm-hmm. at all. But he always had this this one crutch. Do you know you know what it was? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Like he like so, which was good because True, yeah. because you say oh, so. Oh, your knee was a wreck. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's like you felt good. hundred uh, percent. Like yeah. it, like it, but he wasn't like he was saying he was hundred percent. But right. he, you were you whatever question you were asking was hundred percent right. right. Correct. So yeah. am I right? You, and it you, would be yes. both. So you'd be like, yeah. Right. You feel a lot more confident with the knee, everything. You feel like you're moving better. Oh, 100%, 100%, 100%, whatever. And then, and then, yeah, it would be like a few months in, and then, you know, he, if he kind of started to hit a little bit and he's running some, he'd be like, knee must have been bothering you a little bit more than you put on. Oh, 100%, 100%. Well, the thing is, so you talk about the knee chat, and, and it was – he goes through last year, and then he he admits he like the one of have many uh, and many confessions about his knee that he, I think he said it was like forty percent. It was not one hundred percent. It was forty percent to begin the year last year, and he was playing a position anyway. I mean, we could see it even all the way up until today. This is not second base was not his position, right. and when you're talking about with a bad knee, it was absolutely not his position, right? right? 
Right, and he was always a guy. I mean, his arm was always a big tool for him. Yeah, you know, he was he was like a he had good range and a good arm, and he would he made errors early on in his career when he was young. Yeah. But he was like one of these guys with a lot of tools that didn't just would botch ball. I mean, we saw it with Devers a little bit. You know, well the weird the play. weird thing about him, and this is sort of like this never really went away. His hands had become terrible, and I don't like. I'm not piling on. I'm just like observing. But I'm just like, like I, I, I've told. I told him. I said, listen, I love watching you play. Like when he was rolling, when he was that instant offense guy, and he was flying around. I genuinely, really, really enjoyed watching him play. But the fly in the ointment always was. For some reason, there was. Forget about the knee, and maybe he's thinking about the knee. I don't know. But his hands. You know, when you're talking about this about taking a throw on a stolen base or something like that. So Yeah. That's fair. And also I feel like you don't want to, you don't want to say that. Don't sorry. It's okay. Well, I I guess I go back to just my background of watching Nooney for so long in New York was that guy who I mean, if he if he fumbled the ball, like that was just what you saw. That was that's unusual. Nooney being you know? Nooney. Yeah. I will say this though is that we talk about his impressions and his impact, and you go that first year, the instant offense guy. I've said this. like If we're talking about historic plays in Red Sox history, and, and people will argue this, and I don't care, the play he makes in New York to end the series, oh, yeah. it is that I would argue that that is a historic play in Red Sox history because, number one, it's an unbelievably difficult play. Right. Number two, if he does not make the play, I am convinced they win. The Yankees win that game, and there's a very good chance they win that series. And there are, is no world championship. Well, it, and it could have gone really wrong. Like it could have been not just as he like doesn't scoop the ball or something. I mean, this could have been a total disaster where you got a runner at second or third. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he had he had a, a better impact here than he'll ever get credit for because. Because of, because of because of this year, yeah, basically. right, right. He's been a whatever a two twenty hitter, yeah. and and the two twenty hitter. Who, I don't really even know entirely what his role was here at the end. You know, I mean, he wasn't. Well, I think I mean, that's was, why we're he sitting here doing be, oh, this podcast. One hundred percent. It there was no there there became not a real role for him to play. He'd never been a guy who had like who was like an extreme hitter against lefties, where you could platoon him and Brock, and it would make a perfect sense as a lefty righty match. It just. It just didn't fit that well in the end, and and when his knees are gone, so much of his offense, and and as you said, the excitement of him when he first got here is that I always say that I th- I think speed in baseball is the most exciting thing to watch. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it, whether it's a guy chasing down a ball in the outfield, whether it's a guy trying to leg out a triple, stealing a base, going first or whatever. Speed is really exciting to watch in baseball, and he still had that when he got yeah. here. Yeah, and, pl- and he plays with such energy. And he and he is a guy with a lot of energy. I mean, that's what you're talking about. Just in the clubhouse, talking Thanks. to him a lot. I mean, right. The the just hey, what's up? seeing him. You want to talk day to day? What's up? Come on, come on. We're what are we talking about? We're talking about one of the uh, Eduardo Nunez and the memories of Eduardo Nunez. Oh. So give me your favorite <laughs> memories of this is Mitch Moreland joining us. Um, but you know, we were talking. You know, so what I said, Mitch, was. I remember the play that he made in the Yankee Stadium last year to end the series, and, and and I say it was a historic play because if he does not make that play, which is a very very good play, I mean things could be dramatically different. Yeah, um, obviously that was that was a great play and a, and a huge moment. Uh, he stepped up huge for us in the playoffs. I mean, really um, all last year, but uh, also getting us there. I think that 
month and a half that he, you know, kind of strung together there in 17, that was that was impressive. That guy, I mean, they could have rolled it up there and he would have barreled it off the wall, you know, in left center. It seemed like he was a uh, he was hot on that run and uh, you know just always smiling, man. He's he was a great teammate. Uh, you know, he uh, he did a lot of good things for us, you know, over the last couple of years. Well, and I, I, part of why Rob asked me to sit here is I covered him in New York, and I've known him, so I'm sure I knew Nooney for years, right. and he was always that. That, if, if, for, if nothing else, even the years when he's, you know, backing up Derek and Cano and all those guys, that presence in the clubhouse where it was just a, a, a smiling face who also one thing about him too you could tease Nunez and he liked it you know you could oh, yeah. so he's and he's yeah, he was, did good I mean he would fall down for random reasons like <laughs> and things like that but you could you could well, he was and, still and doing he, that he here that stuff, right. oh, <laughs> let's go back let's go back to the World Series it was <laughs> I mean, it, in a nutshell we had like a montage in a matter of what 10 minutes of everything that was Eduardo Nunez I mean, we had to we need to put a walker in front of his locker <laughs> then the games you think you know or uh, yeah, he was he was always, I mean, doing something on the field. You're like, what just happened? You know, that's it's typical uh, typical Nooney move, you know, something like that. But, you know, he he kept you laughing, kept you smiling for sure. Uh, obviously, his uh, English was a little bit of a knuckleball too, so we always <laughs> we always mess with him about that. But, uh, you know, he's he was he was he was a blast. But, you know, wish him well for sure. Well, we talked about you talked about when he first got here. I mean, there in and really the, the the playoffs were it was Cora said this the, like the impact that the scouting report on the Red Sox with him and without him in the lineup. Like we look at him this year, we can't forget number one what he did in the World Series, what he did in the postseason. But we can't forget that year. Like how and I, and I said to Chad. I've said this to him. I just liked watching him play, and and there's not. I'm gonna be honest. There's not a lot of guys I've said that to. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you look back, and the knee had to take a toll on him a little bit, you know, over the last couple of years, because uh, he just didn't seem like he was ever like that comfortable again. Uh, you know, nothing towards Nooney. He plays all out, plays hard. It just seemed like, you know, he was still trying to gain confidence in his legs. It seemed like, you know, where. That year before that that knee injury, you know, he was he was all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, stealing bags, taking that extra base, infield single. You know, turning a single into a double. Uh, I mean, just scoring from first. That guy. I mean, he was he was our spark plug that year. I mean, he really was. That that seventeen was was a good couple months of baseball. I mean, fun to watch. You know, he uh, he definitely. I mean, you look back. That was a kind of a tough year, grind of a year, and. You know, would we have been where we at without without what he did? No, he's instant offense, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, he was he was special. He was special. So before I let you go, I appreciate you swinging on by, and, and this is and you've you've gone above and beyond because you were like literally walking by, and <laughs> we, we I brought out the cane and brought you in. Uh, do you have so we we met we we have all the Eduardo Nunez memories, you know, from our perspective. Besides the field, do you have any good? Because we have to, you have to have a good Eduardo Nunez story. Well, I might steal it because I wasn't there, so you might hear it from somebody else that was. But I know he walked into uh, to Starbucks one day, and you know he, he makes his order or whatever, and a couple of the guys were behind him, and uh, they uh, they said, "Yeah, what's your name to put on this?" And he turned around, looked at the guys, and kind of did his eyebrows. He said, "Sexy." So they put a "sexy" on his cup. So. Nooney, we we uh we nicknamed him uh, we uh, Sassy. You know, everywhere he goes, it was Sassy. 
but uh, yeah, it was. He's he's a trip now. Yeah, well, if you can have a nickname, that's not a bad one. No. Mitch, and how are you doing? All right, you doing all right? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, just grinding, man. Been a been a tough go at it. You know, uh, seems like uh, you know, take a couple steps forward and then go 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 back a little bit. But uh, you know, feeling better today. Did some more running and uh, just doing everything I can, man. Trying to trying to work my tail off and get back out there. Is there a plan now? Nah, so we saw. I just saw you hit against Nathan. Um, and I know that swing. Oh, uh, well, that you know, you, you're, 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 I couldn't see. They had that box in front of me. They got turtle over me. I was nervous. Tony was behind me. Dave was behind me. I was like, ah. "You're a good teammate," because you made it seem like he was throwing 100 miles an hour. That's because he was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I swung, uh, swung through a cutter, and I was like, "Dang it, man! How did I miss?" Oh, everybody throws at 94. Yeah. Um, so, but you don't because you had to draw back from Pawtucket the other day. But so now it's just sort of just taking it day by day. Yeah, just I mean, I've already went went on and came off for six six innings and went back on. We're trying to stay away from <laughs> doing that again, you know, because um, you know it's it's just been it's been a tougher go at it I think than what we initially thought as far as uh, you know the I guess the timeline or whatever. But I mean, you can't really force that situation you know on your body trying to can't just make it feel better uh all you can do is just keep doing the work and and when it's time to you know go out and play and you're healthy enough that's that's kind of i guess that's what i'm trying to teach myself right now because i ain't really had that in my (laughs) in my repertoire too much you know so they're uh they've backed me up a little bit on it and just trying to get me to to get it right before i go out and you know take a chance on hurting it again is it is it your quad yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if it might have been back leading to quad and, you know, really just the soreness, too, of, you know, I've grinding, man. I've been, been working hard and, you know, putting a lot of lot of pressure on it, you know. Probably need to slow myself down a little bit and make sure I get the uh, recovery as well, you know. Well, you were on a Nunez-esque run to begin the year. You were, you were the instant <laughs> offense. So. Uh, hopefully I can uh, – Get back out there sooner than later and uh, and, and find that again. Well, appreciate it uh, joining the pouring one out for Eduardo Nunez podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, he, he's gonna be just fine though. Uh, Ceci, he'll take that. Ceci. He'll take that wherever he goes. Uh, I, I had that copyrighted. All right, All right thanks, Mitch. So it's funny, you know, that we were, he mentioned that nickname because yeah. going back to that first podcast, which was, uh, again, he went right after he had, had joined the Red Sox, I said, do you have a nickname? <laughs> That's what he said. But I thought he said exactly with Sessie. Yeah. Like, I was like, what's sexy? No, no, sexy. Right, right. So, um, but, uh, you know, it's, I think that in, once again, thanks for Mitch Moreland stringing on by. This is, yeah, we're nice just you're sitting here eating and drinking and <laughs> the dugout and, and the players walk by. This is how it's done. But, um, I, you know, it's funny because, you know, that, that moment right there, Chad, gives you an insight in terms of like how this life is where mm-hmm. like, like, I almost feel bad asking like the guy you know his teammate at dfa right, right. but i think these guys sort of understand sort of the, the rhythms of life right right in the well, major and leagues it's, it's, and it's funny too that like you, you call it rhythm when it might be the opposite of whatever the opposite of rhythm is like sometimes yeah. it just isn't that i mean i yeah the, I, don't, the, I don't think the, the speed bumps is showing up this week thinking i'm gonna get no 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 but even when but, but you but if you you just get used to this this is sort of what it is every once in a while the you know a popular guy in the clubhouse gets dfa'd released whatever and you, you just 
learn to deal with yeah. <laughs> moving past it and going on. Um, so uh, Eduardo Nunez is gone. Mm. And look, mm. it's okay. It's all right, Chad. It's okay. Uh, but but you know, you had mentioned it, like this is 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 too bad. I don't think you know. I, I you know wish the best for him. You know, I, I don't think that sexy is gonna um, his knee is ever gonna be the same here. I mean, I, I think ultimately he can say a hundred percent, and he's running around, sprinting around, and everything else. And maybe it was just maybe it was just the opportunity. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe it was just the opportunity because I do think he's like you talked about the fit on this team. Well, you know, the fit on his team probably was as a fail safe to Devers at third base. And when Devers starts doing what he's done, it you know the second base thing just wasn't going to be a be, be a, a viable option well especially once uh, i mean once chavis was in the mix and yeah proved he too could be sort of a passable version at second base well, that was it, honestly like that's if you were looking at the guy what mark you can point to marco hernandez chavis was a guy sure right you know, like he would because yeah. hitting from the I same i even side. made the case yesterday in writing that i mean if, if marco hernandez has come back so well and has played so well that I almost think you could make you, you can more make the case that he's the guy who I thought maybe he would get option down just because he's played so well. Like, oh well, shoot, maybe he's really going to be something. Let's get him some at bats again. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then and let and he it, hit from the other side of the plate too. Right. I mean, this is this was another thing that you're you're trying to do the roster thing. Like, well, are they going to do that? Right. But I guess that's Sam Travis here. So, right. um, yeah, they had to swap him out for a right hand. Yeah, yeah. So I know that everyone on this podcast wants to hear the our roster projections. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I think this was was this your first time on this thing? Yeah, first or second? I can't. Remember. Yeah. I might have done this with you earlier. Right. First year. Well, you're on your way to the second uh, being the second person inducted into the Bradford Show Hall of Fame. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does feel good, doesn't it? Who else it? is it? You know how you know why you? I know it feels good because people just walk on by and this way they want to be part of it. <laughs> who else is in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Oh, we had the induction this weekend. Oh, I didn't know. I don't. Oh, who, I, don't I don't pay that close of no, attention. No, I, mean, I only tweeted out fifty thousand times. Yeah, I've learned to ignore it was, your tweets. Uh, it was. It was. Yeah, thank you. You give me shit about my tweets. You're like. You're like. You're like. Oh, you think I'm very. Uh, I, I, I sell. I sell a bill of goods a little bit on my tweets, right? A so little bit. a little bit. Like, what is going on? I don't know. Dot dot dot. Read here. Listen yeah. here. Yeah. Um, no, this that was... That might have been it. You probably tweeted out your Hall of Fame thing. And it just, I did. And, and the Fame. whole tweet probably just said, well, this is interesting. Yeah, well, Hall of Fame induction at 315. That's what I said. Uh, but then I had a gift that I used a million, trillion, trillion times, which was a certain player uh, waking up in the dugout and, and jerking his head and, and sprinting to the field, which was one Mr. Joe Kelly. Sure. Yeah, right. since he was in town, so it, he, it, was, it seemed apropos that I present him with his plaque, which was a can of boom sauce. Um, yeah, so that's the Hall of Fame. Speaking of your bill of goods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> emphasis on bill and emphasis on goods. Uh, and speaking of pouring one out, yeah. this... this this is what we're doing today. Okay. Pour one out for Eduardo. Right. You want you want to send a message to him? No. Uh, no, you can I don't know why. I mean, oh, by the way, the guy I know got DFA, and you give the the boom sauce goes to Joe Kelly, who's doing just fine. Who? What, what do you want me to do? <laughs> give I, I'll ship a case of boom sauce okay. to Eduardo. I actually yeah. had uh, Eduardo try to say boom sauce on the field after the oh, World I bet Series. That was fun. It, but yeah, it, it 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 didn't it didn't quite work out. <laughs> um, but I, I appreciated the effort. It's. You know, but it's you know. Speaking of real quick, remember you know, you talk about not going out to drinks with Ed- Eduardo Nunez. Yeah. 
hey, remember we were at in spring training and we were at oh, dinner yeah, we were right. at dinner yep. and you know i think that this is <laughs> this is this is i may be uh we're gonna take a big swipe at our journalistic integrity but so be it <laughs> but we were sitting there at a table you me and Tom- was it tomasi or ian someone oh, brown it was ian yeah you me and ian brown and we're just sitting there and eduardo nunez comes up and he's he basically sits at a table. But oh, you can sit here. Like we're all human right. beings, we yeah, can yeah, sit yeah. there. And so, yeah. you, can, you can sit here, right here. No, no, he can sit there with the, by himself. And um, so he sits there by himself, and that's cool. That's fine. And then next thing you know, he's paying for the bill. Which, right. as I said, like yeah, we didn't know until we my got only, ready to pay for it. Yeah, the only flaw in that equation was I didn't you know he was paying, so I would have. I would have right. totally ordered the crab legs. Sure. Times two. Yeah, you got your, I don't know what you were eating at that point. But, he was, but that shows you, if nothing else, that he was a really, really nice guy. Yeah, no, he was. He was. Yes. I imagine he still is. So, there you go. So, th- well, thanks. Thanks for coming on by. Yes. Oh, it's my pleasure. Please. My pleasure. Okay, all right. I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy to use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Forget front row seats. We're taking you into the action on the field and in the dugout with season two of Play Loud. Follow some of the league's biggest stars as we mic them up and get the cameras rolling during some of the hottest matchups of the season. Catch real-time reactions from Juan Soto and Francisco Lindor in the field and catch all the hilarious conversations between players off the field with unprecedented access. Watch episodes of Play Loud at youtube.com slash MLB. Play Loud brings you baseball like you've never seen before. Never seen before.